We don't need permission. We don't need permission from anyone to have what we want in life, to strive for what we want in life, to go for what we want, what we need. It's okay. We don't have to ask permission. Welcome to Atomic Moms. I'm Ellie Noss, and each week I interview best-selling authors, celebrities, parenting experts, and caregivers all over the world to hear their unique stories in this universal experience of raising a child. Subscribe on iTunes. Please leave a review. Check out our website, AtomicMoms.com. And let's keep the conversation going on social media at Atomic Moms. Okay, that voice you just heard was my guest today, Robin McGraw. She is Dr. Phil's sweeter half. Robin has taken on many roles in her life. The good little girl raised in an alcoholic low-income home, earnest stay-at-home mother, two-time number one New York Times bestselling author, and fierce philanthropist. She chooses to live with passion and purpose, and that's what we're going to talk about today. First, though, I, uh, speaking of passion and purpose, I have to tell you about my recent trip to New York. Uh, as many of you listeners know, and new listeners, hello, hi, welcome. <laughs> uh, I just went to New York for work, and it happened to be right around my birthday. And so I had the chance to go see the musical Hamilton. It's about to win every Tony Award ever. They'll probably invent new Tony Awards just to give it to Hamilton. Uh, and... I'm such a musical theater dork. Uh, again, some listeners know that when I was little, I would just listen to musical soundtracks all day long and just sing along. I knew every word <laughs> before I sat down in that theater, and I was so excited. And then it was a matinee, and I'd be flying home that evening so I could see my daughter in the morning. So I go to the matinee show. Of course, it's sold out. It's crazy. I sit down. I open the playbill, and the lead role of Alexander Hamilton was going to be played by the understudy. And I was so bummed out. My girlfriend, Kate Baldwin, who was a recent guest on Atomic Moms, you got to check out her episode. Uh, she talks about the working mom juggling act. Uh, she is a news anchor on CNN. And she is not a hippie. And she's not, I think it's very fair to say, she's not a Zen person. Like, she's a go after, go get it. She's a go getter. How about that? Um, and I was bummed out. And I wanted to be pouty about it. And she said, you know what, Ellie? This is your Hamilton. And she said it in that tone of voice where it's like, that's, this is it. Accept it. This is your Hamilton. And I don't like hearing that. It's like when I, whenever a teacher says to my daughter, you get what you get and you don't get upset. You get what you get and you don't get upset. That phrase drives me up the wall. Because I want to be like, no, 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 you can totally get upset and then you can change things so that you get what you want. <laughs> um, clearly, I have a lot of work to do when it comes to acceptance. So Kate said, this is your Hamilton. I watched it. I loved it. I was crying. There's so many beautiful uh, moments in the play regarding family. There's this one song where Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton, they both just stand still on stage and they sing out about their children. And these lyrics just crush me. Alexander Hamilton sings, Oh, Philip, when you smile, I am undone. My son, look at my son. Pride is not the word I'm looking for. There is so much more inside me now. Oh, Philip, you outshine the morning sun, my son. When you smile, I fall apart, and I thought I was so smart. My father wasn't around. I swear I'll be around for you. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll make a million mistakes. I'll make the world safe and sound for you. <sighs> so after the play, I was thinking about what Kate said about it being my Hamilton. And I 
was looking for a little sign from the universe. Like, what is the takeaway? You know, it was a great show anyway, but what what could I take away from this? Um, what little magical sign from the universe? So I Google searched the understudy, Javier Munoz. And two days before, People Magazine had come out with an interview with him because he had had a secret battle with cancer. And in the interview, he says, coming out of this, it sort of reinvigorated my passions. If success comes with those things in some way, and everyone has their own definition of success, that's great. But it's the art that's my goal. It's the work that's my goal. It's creating something wonderful. And he goes on to say, I'm not done. There's so much more to grow. There are so many irrational fears to overcome. And they are irrational, but they're still fears, and that's okay. I don't want to just maintain from this point forward. I want to excel. I'm already focused on what do I need to make myself happy? What's the life I need to build for myself going forward that's going to be the rest of my life? Where are my energies going to go? Now, it's got to be specific. I'm not going to put my energy into something I'm not passionate about. Not after this. Not after everything I've been through. I've got to care deeply about it, whatever it is. Illness is a game changer, and it can be a heart opener. And I'll never forget when I was in the hospital after my second surgery that week for my tumor. And our dear Atomic Moms contributor, Bridget Maloney Sinclair, also obviously a dear friend of mine, she sent me this roomy quote. So it's, don't turn away. Keep your gaze on the bandaged place. That's where the light is enters you. Time becomes precious, and suddenly death isn't just something that happens to other people. We don't have control over anything other than where we focus our energies and how hard we love and what do we want people to remember about us. Motherhood is the same. It can create this earth-shattering shift within us. And suddenly time matters. We see our children growing up so fast and we can't slow it down. And we have no control over it. So what am I going to do with my time? And what legacy am I going to leave for my child? One of my favorite characters in the play is Angelica Schuyler. She is... Alexander Hamilton's sister-in-law, and she's a smart cookie, and she's really tough. And she has this great line in one of the songs where she goes, you want a revolution? I want a revelation. As a young mother, our guest today, Robin McGraw, she had a heartbreaking revelation. And it goes right back to that Rumi quote, gaze upon your bandaged place, that's where the light enters you. So we're going to talk about legacy. We're going to talk about breaking destructive cycles within our own families. She's going to challenge my excuses as to why I can't fulfill my purpose. And I'm very sensitive to other people's energy. And so when I'm with someone who is high energy and genuinely enthusiastic, like, (laughs) forget about it. It's, it's It's so popular these days uh, to not care to pretend to not give a you-know-what. Like, that's very in vogue. Everyone's supposed to be super cool, especially in Los Angeles. You're supposed to be cool. You're not. You're supposed to be unfazed. You're not supposed to really care about anything. I, I don't know how to do that. And Robin doesn't know how to do that either. And uh, if there are people that don't give a you-know-what, like, we give all the you-know-whats. Uh There's actually a great Huffington Post blog about the women who give all the you-know-whats, and uh, I'll share that on our social media. But we kick off the episode with this week's mom session, which is Robin McGraw's new product line. Um, She's put her heart into the project, and so we start there, okay? We start there, and then we dig deep. And our conversation gets serious, and we give out some potentially life-saving information at the end. 
So stick around for our guest, a very glamorous steel magnolia, Mrs. Robin McGraw. Miss Robin McGraw, thank you so much for having me in oh, your no, beautiful thank you office. For having me. And this is your first podcast? It is my very first. I mean, every Atomic Moms listener, and there's so many that have listened to all 73 or 75, oh. I mean, they're so excited that you're here today oh, to share so your kind. wisdom with us. Oh, well, I okay. will try, but you, <laughs> you have no idea how excited. Like, I have total goosebumps all over my body right me now too. when you just said that to me. Oh, so, well, thank you. We're going to have to uh, <sighs> stay grounded somehow because I, I know, know we're both big cheerleaders. Yes, we are. Like I, uh, I heard that you have a habit of dancing in the kitchen. I dance in the kitchen. As I, do I. <laughs> I do everything. And, and I dance all the time. I walk really fast. I have to tell you, I walk fast. I talk fast. I'm always moving. You're all, so yeah. me you can too. see, so I talk with my hands. <laughs> no one can see us right now, but we're, we're both moving. using our hands. We're moving. You're going to be able to hear around. our voices. They're going to like go to the side. You're going to be like, where'd they go? Oh, that's because we turned our heads because we were exactly getting right. extra expressive. Yes. So I recently heard your personal gal pal, Oprah Winfrey, yes. speak. Oh. And she mentioned that when she does interviews, she always asks her guests yeah. uh, for their intention. And because I am in your personal space right now, I want to let you know my intention. Oh, wonderful. I want to share your enthusiasm and passion for life, for family, and for following through with what our personal purposes are. And so... You have a beautiful family. Oh, thank you. You have gorgeous grandchildren, London and Avery. I agree with you. You spend so much time with them. And you have your foundation when Georgia smiled. And you have your skincare line. And you are a major presence on the Dr. Phil show every single day. Yes. You're one of the busiest women out there. And now you've added to your plate. Yes. A new wine called Mio Mai. Yes. So I want to start with these little delights <laughs> right in front of us. Okay. Your Mio Mai collection. Yes. What does it stand for? Okay. So um, I have to tell you, when I launched my lifestyle brand, Robin McGraw Revelation, I kicked it off with what you talked about earlier, my skincare line. But um, I knew that. I, I was very, very excited about skincare. I have, I'm very passionate about healthcare, skincare, anything to do with um, what helps a woman live her happiest, healthiest, most joy filled life. And for me, it's always been taking the best care of myself. Um, we can get into later about why I even named my lifestyle brand Rob McGraw Revelation. Um, it's been inspired in large part by my mother um, because of her um, early um, passing. The day I lost her, I had a revelation. Um, so she has inspired, has inspired pretty much me and my entire life and who I am as a woman, a mother, a wife, and now a grandmother. And um, what is that revelation, Robin? Well, we can't leave our listeners <laughs> waiting. I mean, I want to tease them, because I know, but I know they're going to listen to the whole episode, so let's just okay. go there. Okay. What was the revelation? Well, my mother was only 58 years old, and I was talking to her on the phone one day. I was 32, and I'm 62 right now, so it was 30 years ago. And um, we were on the phone, and she just simply said, I feel funny. And I said, what do you mean by funny? And she was already gone. She had died that fast of undiagnosed heart disease. On and the a, phone with On you. the phone. And I thought, when I said, what do you mean by funny? And she didn't say another word. I thought that we had just, the, we, I thought we were just disconnected. Uh, so I hung up the phone. The phone rang again. It was my father. And Philip walked in. I said, oh, grab the phone. And, and I could hear, though, across the room, I could hear my father screaming. So... We race over, and um, Philip runs in, and he tries his best. We call the ambulance. Um, but I remember Philip coming out and saying, she's gone. And I looked at him, and I said, what do you mean she's gone? She's never been sick a day in her life. She's never even been to the doctor. And it was at that moment 
that, oh, I'm choking up now. <laughs> this was supposed to be fun. But um, it was at that moment I had a revelation. When I said she's never even been to the doctor, I realized she's never been to the doctor because she never put herself first. She put me, my twin brother, my three older sisters, my father. She put everyone else first, but not herself. She took care of everyone else in the family, but didn't take care of herself. And she died that quickly of undiagnosed heart disease. Had she even gone to the doctor, I think even one time, I, I might still have her with me here today. So my revelation that very moment was, I cannot perpetuate her legacy of self-neglect. I will, I will live my entire life being the woman that she was in every way. She was an amazing woman. She was an angel on earth. She was, I wanted always to be just like her. She was such a strong woman. But I thought right then, I cannot not take care of myself. Um, so I made that decision. I had a revelation that day. I have to take care of myself. It's not selfish to put myself first, to put myself at the top of the list and take care of myself so that I can be there for my husband and for my son. We only had Jay at the time. And so that started it. So today, Robin McGraw revelation is in large part because of my mother. And um, so flash forward, <laughs> I launched my lifestyle brand with the skincare line, but we're looking at right now phase two of the lifestyle brand, and that's called this line, Me Oh My. And while my mother inspired the entire Revelation Lifestyle brand, my grandchildren are responsible for inspiring Me Oh My. And the acronym, if you'll notice, is MOM. So all of these products are products that I wanted to share with moms out there um, and grandmothers, so of course. They're so fun. They're so brightly Just colored. Fun. And I got to say, also... Your mom is still present in yes. these because one of your upcoming products has the flavors of pies. And I know that yes. your mom would make pies all the time. Yes. And when you first started dating your husband, <laughs> she made you a pie that you got to pretend yes. like you I, made it yourself. I pretended like I was making My mother was a phenomenal cook. She made everything from scratch. And so when we were dating, I asked Philip one day, I said, what's, what's your favorite pie? And he went, oh, you can cook? I said, you bet I can. And so I said, what's your favorite pie? And he, I remember him saying, oh, well, I like all pie. And I, and of course she made a great lemon meringue pie. So, and then he said, but you know, I really like chocolate cream pie. So oh, I'm going to go make you one. So I go home because I was living at home with my parents at the time. And my mother made the entire pie and I would stand there on the phone and say, okay, well right now I'm rolling out the pie crust. And I just <laughs> told him everything she was doing. I told him I was doing it. So yes, I'm a liar because I said, oh, I'm rolling out the pie crust. Oh, I'm putting it in the pan. I'm putting it in the oven. I'm mixing up the filling. I'm whipping the cream, shaving the chocolate on top. Oh, it's done. Okay. I'm coming on over. I'm freaking the pie. <laughs> so, yes. And it was made with love, but oh, it, was, it was made with love. It was your mother's love. <laughs> fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I so, confessed that I didn't yeah. make it the minute you, I walked you came in. Clear. I yeah, think yeah, he you knew. Went, I think yeah. he knew. Yeah. So, Probably. yes, I, feel I like have he knows a lot. <laughs> I know. I feel like he can sense the truth. He does. Um, so, really, when I created the entire line, I thought, okay, being a mom is 24-7. It's a job that never ends. It's the hardest job in the world. It's the hardest job I think we'll ever have, most important job we'll ever have. And I'm thinking, why not have a little fun while doing it? And you're always grabbing the wipes, the nose wipes. Exactly. So you have these cute little packages. These, oh, They're great handy for candy. Travel antibacterial hand wipes. I will tell you what, what started the entire line was this handy candy because I was, uh, over a year ago, I was named celebrity spokesperson for Girl Scouts of the USA. And when we went to the convention, we had a booth and I wanted to create something to give away to all the little Girl Scouts and their leaders and their mothers that came to the booth. Mm -hmm. So I'm always using these hand wipes in my purse ever since the my granddaughter was born. So I thought, oh, let's do this. So we created the handy candy and we started them and they said, well, we need a name. And I went, handy candy, handy candy. Uh, they that was the beginning. Cheeky names, oh, like no. cheeky names, cheeky colors. Yes. It's yes. so cute. I'm such a 
sucker for packaging. Well, you know, <laughs> and I that's smile what I love. when I see I love each the of these names. items. And I thought of all the names, the packaging. I love the taglines, handy candy, stay clean and stay sweet. Okay, we got to talk about the notes real quick. Oh, yes. Um, oh, yes. Now, when I say my grandchildren inspired this line, the sticky stackers are probably the only product in here that truly was inspired by my two boys because this goes back as far back i'm aging all of us but (laughs) our oldest son jay is 36 and jordan is 29 and when i would pack their lunches and get their backpacks ready i would always want to sneak a little note in their in their backpack like i said or their lunch for the day like if they had a a really important test or you know i thought i just want to give them a little note when they take their lunch out and I would stick a little note in there. So I created these so moms could just pull off a little sticky note, stick it in their backpack. Or, they have these little phrases on them yeah. that I want to get in my lunchbox. Oh, like, so uh, you are amazing. No, I love you more. Or oh. laugh out loud. Or you are fabulous. Anything just is possible. These, anything is possible. Dream yeah. big. These are all phrases that come to mind when I think of you because you build oh, people up. Thank you. I saw on your Instagram, you had this beautiful image up, and there was the quote, if you want to achieve greatness, stop asking for permission. Yes. I love that quote. When I saw it, I thought, oh, wow, that's so true. And I I almost feel like that's one of those quotes that when you read it, it should be almost like one that you wake up every morning and you say it, or maybe right before you go to bed every night. That's something that you should say. We should all tell ourselves. We don't need permission. We don't need permission from anyone to have what we want in life, to strive for what we want in life, to go for what we want, what we need. It's okay. We don't have to ask permission. Um, I listen to all my books on Audible, and you read your book, which is awesome. And I, I always feel like it's so special when authors read their own work. Oh, without a doubt. There and, was, there's no way I could not read my books. And so inside my heart, choosing to live with passion and purpose, it, it touched me in a really profound way. Oh, thank you. And Joseph Campbell, I feel like 99% of people know about him, but maybe there's one listener out there that doesn't know about him yet. Um, he famously writes about the stages of the hero's journey. And one of the steps along the way is you find your mentor. Mm-hmm. And I feel like one of your purposes has actually been to be a mentor in your foundations, in this book. When we find our purpose, a lot of us refuse the call. Mm -hmm. Or that's what Joseph Campbell Mm -hmm. calls it, refusing the call. Mm -hmm. And so we think, well, if if it's not just right, or if I'm not trained, or like for me personally, I didn't go to journalism school. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What right do I have Mm -hmm. to sit Mm -hmm. here? Mm -hmm. So... Set us straight with that, please, Robin, mm-hmm. with those excuses that we mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I, I know exactly what you mean, and I, and I understand why um, a lot of people, uh, it, it kind of goes back to that permission. It's like we have to give our, get permission from someone else and, and really permission from ourselves to fulfill our hopes and our dreams and our desires for what we want to do in life. And... Um, it's just, I, I just don't believe in that. I don't believe that there's, there's any one person or any one situation that we have to go through. Um, there really isn't any reason that we should have to have, again, permission or approval to do what we are passionate about. If it's in our heart, if it's something that we really believe we're put on this earth to do, nothing and no one should stop us. And I have to say, I have, I have believed my entire life that I was put on this earth to be a mother. Hands down. I was put on this earth to be a wife and mother. And now, of course, a grandmother. I didn't know that. I guess I, I've always known that too. But I knew that that was almost like a rite of passage. I, of course, had to be a wife and mother first in, in the 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 prize <laughs> was being a grandmother. That the payoff. 
the payoff. That's great. The I've reward, never heard that before. The prize. That's oh, amazing. It's all prize That's now. That's so good. I'm living the payoff for all the, the hard payoff, work yeah. of raising my children. Yes. And that's being a grandmother. Like it's, it's, it's the ultimate. It's my reward. What do you say to people that, you know, in Buddhism, there's, they talk about the comparing mind. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, well, that's, that's great. Robin has a wonderful family. She's, you know, people that also don't know your backstory. Mm -hmm. Robin's got a great family. So she's got these beautiful grandchildren. She has, you know, these foundations and these these beautiful products, but she's got a team behind her. Mm -hmm. How on earth can I do my thing? But how do you set us straight mm -hmm. with the comparing mind? But see, it's, it's not by accident that I have all of these. It's not by accident. I've worked really hard, but it's all been, uh, a goal and a focus that I've had from as far back as I can remember. And honestly, I, I've thought about this before. I've, I've been asked a lot of questions in a lot of interviews. And, and so I've had a lot of time to reflect and, and think about it. And I always go back to one event when I was 11 years old that I think really, it was a pivotal moment in my life. And I, I believe that defined, started to define who I became as a woman, as a wife, and as a mother. And, um, you know, I, I, I grew up uh, uh, the youngest. My brother and I are twins, and we were the youngest of five children. And um, at this point, my sisters were grown and out of the house by then. And I was probably 11, 12 years old. And and again, we were really very poor, so we lived in a really small home, and um, my father was an alcoholic, and I've talked about this before. He was a, a really bad alcoholic, and when he would drink, he would gamble, but we didn't really have much at all, so of course, we, we couldn't afford for him to gamble. Um, and, and again, Philip and I both have talked about this. His father was a, a really, really bad alcoholic as well, and the difference between our fathers was that his father would would drink in front of his family where my father would not drink in front of us. He would leave for the day um, for work or to go play golf. He was a, an amazing golfer. He loved to play golf. And so he would go to the community golf course there, public golf course there in town and play for, for the day and just not come home. We never, I never knew. So I lived a, a life of complete uncertainty every day. Because I never knew, was he going to come home? Was this the day he wouldn't come home? Was this the day he would come home? Because he, he would decide to go on a binge, and then we never knew how long it would last. We never knew, you know, is this the day it's going to start? Is this the day it's going to end? And when he'd come home, he would just kind of sneak in in the middle of the night, sleep it off, come out. And then everyone acted like, oh, he hasn't been gone for three days. He hasn't been gone for four days. We never do. If he gambled, mm -hmm. did we have enough money to pay the lights, whatever. So mm -hmm. I can remember one night, it was in the middle of the night, and because our house was very small, it woke me up immediately, and I heard this noise at the front door, and it was just 20 steps from my bedroom. And I, I got up and I went through the small living area and peeked around the corner, and my mother was standing there. And she had her robe on, and she had the door cracked a little bit, and obviously at least three men outside the door, and they were very, very drunk. And, they, and she said, I heard her say, you're not coming into my home. And they said, no, we're going to come in because we want to get what's ours. And she said, what do you mean? And they said, we just want all the furniture in your house in a, in a poker game. And I'll never forget it hitting me like, my father, my father gambled away what little bit we had and then let them come to get it. And he wasn't out there. And she said, where is Jim? And is he out there? My father, and no, and it was obvious he wasn't out there. But he let them come to the home at 3 o'clock in the morning to, to get it. What little bit we had, very little. And she, but I remember her, I looked at her and I thought, oh, I was so scared. And I thought, oh, my gosh. And I could just see him coming and taking my bed out of the yeah. house. And this and idea that someone could take yes, everything away from you everything, at any minute. Everything. And that your father 
let it happen. Isn't there to protect you. Mm-mm. But I have to tell you, I looked around the corner and my mother just, her back got so strong. It's as if she just grew to be 10 feet tall. And she just got, I just saw so much strength in that woman. Mm-hmm. And she just, and her voice changed. And mm-hmm. she said, you are not coming into my home and taking what's mine. And you leave right now and you have your wives call me in the morning and we will discuss what leaves this home. And later, I guess it, I, it dawned on me that she knew that those women would not let them take what's ours because they too were married to alcoholics. And it didn't dawn on me right then, but my mother was smart enough to know, you have the, your wives call me because they won't let, they won't let them have it. And I, I have to tell you that one of the main reasons I wanted to speak to you today is because of what you're saying right now. The idea that you have said you're not betraying your parents by living your life differently. That's right. And I want to say it again because I feel like it's not said enough. Mm -hmm. You're not betraying your parents by living your life differently. Mm -hmm. On this show, we talk so much about transgenerational trauma and just all the baggage that we take on generation after generation after generation. And I feel like it is my personal responsibility as Mm -hmm. a mother to Mm -hmm. my child Mm -hmm. and, and to my future grandchildren and great grandchildren Mm -hmm. that the buck stops here. That's right. Legacy. You have a right to create your own legacy and a legacy for your children and your future grandchildren. You do not have to live the legacy that was dealt to you, you have a right to create your own. And I loved that you say that, you know, you continued on with your relationship with your father. Oh, Over yes, years, I adored my him. father. And this idea that you can he love me. Some. And I knew that. And I knew that. But yeah. you know, that night, I remember making a decision when I was that young, but I knew right then and there, I would never marry a man who drank alcohol. I would never raise my children in a home with a man who drank alcohol. And I didn't. On the first date with Philip, I asked him, do you drink alcohol? And he said, no, I actually think I'm allergic to it. I went, I think I love you. <laughs> but I made that decision then, and I believe it, it played a huge part in making me the woman that I am today. Mm-hmm. Because my mother was so strong that night. And I knew I wanted to be just like her. And I made that decision. Her, de- her life had already been pretty much decided. She had children. She was married to an alcoholic. And she was up until the day she died. But she helped me decide what kind of mm-hmm. life I would live, what kind of wife I would be, and what kind of man I'd be married to, and what kind of home I would create for my self, my husband, and my children. And that would be a home without an alcoholic living in it. That night with your mother, she, you mention in your book, you know, the good little girl versus the no-nonsense woman. And clearly that night, she, it, well, it seems like on a daily basis, she stood up for her family mm-hmm. and did, was yes. always a protector. Yes. Um, but she was clearly a no-nonsense woman that night. Yes. I am really good at being a no-nonsense woman when it comes to my child. Mm -hmm. I can stand up for her. I can find my strength. I had an unmedicated birth. I can be strong as nails. Yes. But I have that good little girl in me, and she wants to come out all the time, and she wants to come out especially in work situations because I want to please and I don't want to disappoint and because I'm afraid of people's reactions. I mean, this is also coming from a very loving but but chaotic situation growing up. So it's like that little girl who wants to please, who doesn't want to ruffle feathers. How, how do I soothe her and also have her step aside so I can be this no-nonsense woman that you talk about? Well, I can tell that when you said, but, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then you started describing this 
part of you that you're uncomfortable with or that you're ready to maybe leave behind or redefine. Yes. I think that's where the work begins. Okay. I think it's not like you have to not like that part of you anymore or not. Um, this is just my opinion, but I think it's okay to still be her, the part of her that you like and that works for you. Mm-hmm. Embrace that part of it. But if there's a part of that little girl in you or that good little girl in you that you just have decided... I need to leave that behind. Yeah, because she's not useful in certain work situations or when you're with a dominant personality. Because you and I are very similar in that, like, I feel like we can read the room really well. Mm -hmm. I feel like we can feel Mm -hmm. other people's Mm -hmm. feelings. As long as it works for you and it makes you happy and it's, 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 the part of you that you want to embrace. I say embrace it, Mm -hmm. but you yourself are saying. It it's not work. working for me anymore. And maybe that's because I know my daughter, <clears throat> I know that she matters. Mm-hmm. Like to the core of mm-hmm. my being, mm-hmm. she matters mm-hmm. enough mm-hmm. to burn the whole city down. Uh-huh. Like whatever uh-huh. I have to do, mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. matters that mm-hmm. much. And I think for me, it's going to be about reflecting and the continuing work of discovering mm-hmm. that I matter that much exactly. as well. Exactly. Exactly. Because we're a work in progress from the day we're born. Every day of our life, we're a work in progress. And there's nothing wrong with having been that good little girl and continuing to be the good, fun, good little girl. But redefine her. Mm-hmm. Make her into the good little girl you want to be. Yeah. If there's a part of her that's not working for you anymore, right. give yourself permission yeah. to leave her behind. I was thinking on the drive over here. Actually, the funny thing is we passed, I passed, we, I sp- I'm royal we, okay? <laughs> the queen was driving herself <laughs> to our interview. Yeah. And uh, I passed In-N-Out Burger, which is actually where I stopped uh, on our way to the hospital to have the baby because oh, I had a hamburger on the way. So God. I was laughing about that. And then to myself, because I laugh to myself about myself all the time. And on the drive then, I was thinking, wow, this is so weird that right now I don't really care if my parents are proud of me. Like, I don't really care if they're proud of me with this situation or with this interview. That's not what matters anymore. What matters is that my daughter is proud of me. Yes. And like, what a beautiful transition and what a relief. Uh Like this idea that we are looking forward now and mm-hmm. it's for our children That's and she's right. proud of me like if i threw up right now on this table like she wouldn't care That's exactly right. She loves me for our me. priorities all change once we have children i believe. It's like we're not that same person anymore. It's it's because we're not number 1 mm-hmm. anymore when we mm-hmm. have children. It's not all about us anymore. In a good way. In a great way. way. There aren't as many, there is not as much room or time for our own self judgment or fears about our own ego. Everything takes, everything we thought that was so important in our life is in second place once we have a child. Our our new, yes, our new job, our new full time job is the most important thing now. And it's, in such a good way. In such a great way. And I have to admit to you, because I know that your life purpose, you said earlier in the podcast, is, you know, being a mother was always a primary goal for you. Yes. And I have to admit, it was not my primary goal. I did not grow up with baby dolls. I did not like babysitting. I, when I was young, I always wanted to sit at the grown-up table. Always. And then... When I had my daughter, there was a huge shift for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm noticing this shift also in a lot of other working mothers. And I can't tell you how many mothers have written me because of the podcast saying, man, my maternity leave is almost over. And I used to think that this job is what I wanted. Mm-hmm. But now, secretly, I want to stay home. Mm-hmm. But what do I do with these conflicting feelings about that I had a degree or I have these student loans or we won't be a, a two-person income. What is yes, the phrase? Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm talking yes. about. So uh, what, what do you say to those moms? Sometimes it, it, it really circumstances dictate 
what your decisions are. Sometimes you have to take that, to stay with that job or take that um, maternity leave and then go back to work because you have no other choice. And, and, and sadly, that's a conflict that you really can't do anything about. I mean, your, your circumstances dictate what you have to do. But um, it's, it's like when you made that decision to be a career woman, you didn't know what it would be like to have a child and to become a family. You didn't know. So now that you do, it's okay to change your mind. I think sometimes we just have to just kind of, it's just pretty simple. It's okay to change your mind. It's okay to change our mind. Robin, I it's wish you okay. had said that to me years ago. Yeah, because I think okay. we get so stuck on what our goal is. Okay, so we're, we have an idea of a goal, but then we have all the excuses not to go after the goal. But then at the same time, we're always thinking about that goal, and then we're afraid we're losers like, if we don't. Wait a minute. If I we change so our mind in school, and I got, and I have all these student loans. That, and that's really not what I want, because now I've had this child. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I, you can change your mind. We can change our mind. We can give our and still be proud of what you accomplished. Yes, it's not and also not that, that got us to the, where we are. The pride we have in what we were doing in the career, and let's not forget that. No, and you might go back to it. Exactly. I mean, look at your career and all the different phases, and how you go, you come back to passions that you had before. Exactly right. And so you've got this quote: "Look inside yourself at the goals and dreams God has planted inside of you, and identify what you need to be happy." Then put things in motion to secure that happiness. Okay. It was raining the other day in LA, which never happens. And I thought of this moment in your book where you had a bunch of little brownies, like little Girl Scout girls, <laughs> yes. in your living room for a camping party because it was raining. Yes. So it had to be inside. Yes. You yes. didn't even have children. No, no. But you knew I that knew. you would be happy yes. if you went and uh, you asked if you could be a troop leader. Yes. And what blows my mind about the whole thing is this idea that the goals and dreams God has planted inside of you, you planted a little seed back when mm-hmm. you were 23 mm-hmm. and you were the one, I mean, that's kind of a kooky thing to do to be yes. like, I'm going to have a Girl Scout troop. Yes. You planted that seed and now you are the national celebrity spokesperson for Girl Scouts of the USA. Who would have ever thought? You would because this is your message that you yes. plant, you, you recognize what that seed is and you go after it. And, it, and no matter what form it comes in if it's whether you're you've got little girls in your living room Mm -hmm. or now you're Mm -hmm. the huge national spokesperson it's crazy that you're still following that that little seed yes yes and you know what i i when i when i think about what you just said um how crazy life unfolds for us um it it kind of I don't know. It's, it's sometimes you think, wow, it's crazy. But no, I truly believe that there is a higher power who, who made this decision mm-hmm. many, many mm-hmm. years ago. I have a, a Bible verse that sits in my bathroom and I read it every morning and I read it every night. And I've, I'm, I, I wish I knew how long I've had it framed. And over the years, Philip and I've been married now, it'll be 40 years in, in, August, and I have to tell you, I don't know how long I've had that verse framed, and it's Luke 1, chapter 1, verse 45, and it's, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. And I read that every morning and every evening, and it allows me always when I read it to think back, like, I read it at the end of the day, and I think about my day and think, what did he do today that was part of the plan? And now to, tonight when I read it, I'll think about what you just said with the brownie troop. And then it's, it's crazy. But we, I think that's really important to, to put in here today to a lot of mothers and a lot of women that we need to not beat ourselves up about a lot of things. And we not, need to not question a lot of things um, Sometimes we need to just close our eyes and accept that everything we're doing and everything that is happening is really part of a bigger plan. I just have to put that in there. Thank you so much, Robin. Thank you. I I want our listeners to know that also in Inside My Heart, 
you share so many stories about the early years of parenting. And I was laughing so hard about, you know, your husband would come home late, so you would keep your preschooler uh-huh. up. Yes. And that you would give him a nap, and you'd wake him up from the nap at like 7 p.m. Oh, then yeah. he'd be up for daddy. My friends would look at me like, you put Jay down for a nap at 6 o'clock? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I let him have a little nap an hour maybe five o'clock hour or two because we keep him up until midnight what I, oh yeah i want philip to enjoy some time with him because philip was you know working late he'd get home seven seven thirty eight and i love that because i'm gonna like- put him in bed and then philip never gets to see him and then they had their playtime in the floor so jay's bedtime when he was young was midnight <laughs> i love that because yes. like do what is right for your family yes for it your for particular us. family yes and that is such an important message yes. and you also share trials about you know oh man the medical stuff that your family has gone through yes. when the boys were little i mean listeners you got to read it because it's so inspiring and it really teaches us that we need to be vigilant yes. and that we need to protect our children not only just like in day-to-day life but when we're in a hospital, when we're speaking to supposed experts, yes. we need to stand up and be our strong yes. mama selves. Yes. And we know best. Our intuition beats out yes. experts. Every time. Every Go with your time. gut. Every time. Go with so, your gut. Every time. We're running out of time, but I very oh. quickly want to ask you, because this, is, this <clears throat> could change. It's already changed a lot of people's lives. But if there's a single listener out there that doesn't know about this, that needs to, I want them to hear it. Your foundation, When Georgia Smiled. Oh, thank you. You launched the Aspire <coughs> Initiative mm-hmm. in October of 2013. Mm-hmm. And I want to speak in particular, I will obviously add the links to atomicmoms.com mm-hmm. and on social media at Atomic Moms, but let's talk for one moment mm-hmm. about this app. Oh, so proud of the app. Um, yes, when I launched the foundation, when Georgia smiled, I named it in honor of my mother. Um, and I have to say right off the top here that my mother was not a victim of domestic violence. My father, uh, and I said this, adored my mother and uh, all of us children, and we all adored him. Um, he, of course, suffered from alcoholism. But um, the reason I named the foundation and, and when Georgia smiled, does focus on women and children and men who suffer from domestic violence and sexual assault. Um, But I did name it in honor of my mother when Georgia smiled because um, we have done so many shows over the 14 years. We just actually yesterday finished the 14th season of taping the Dr. Phil show. Can't believe it's been 14 years and I have been in every taping of every show. And it's the the shows that we do on domestic violence that have really touched me the most. And in for so many reasons, of course. And what I'm most impressed with are the women who have been victims of domestic violence who want to always come back and help other victims. They they show such strength when they come back and tell their stories and, and want to help those other women. And it's also the women that come and ask for help. Um, I just see such strength uh, in, in, in all of those women. And, and it's the same strength I would see in my mother when we would be struggling financially or, or scared when my father would be gone. And we would look to my mother and she would have that smile on her face every time. And it would bring me such peace and comfort um, just to know that through whatever we were going through, she had that smile on her face every time. And it was always my source of comfort and my source of peace. And it's that same sense of peace and comfort that I hope to give through When Georgia Smiled to all these women and children and men who suffer. So we did. We launched When Georgia Smiled with that focus. And uh, when we did, we launched with, like you said, the Aspire Initiative, an interactive program on the site, and also the Aspire News app. And we created this app. And again, when you download it, it looks like a news app. And we have at least 15 different news sources, uh, CNN, USA Today, Huffington Post. We have numerous news sites on there. And it's a current mm-hmm. current news, daily mm-hmm. current news site. So if someone happened to look at your phone, <clears throat> yes. they think it's just a news. Yes, if your abuser picks up your phone yeah. and they just see a news app. But at the top of the news app, and 
let me just stop right here quickly and say, a lot of people will say, well, why do you tell this? Because now you're telling the abuser. We believe that more victims are helped by sharing this than abusers are alerted to it. We're helping more people, maybe victims or victims, friends and family members find out how they can help. And so there's ways to put in contact information. Yes. So when you have downloaded this app, then you're able to also put in as many as you want, family and friends who are your contacts. And it doesn't show up. They don't, they don't show up in your contact list on your phone. So they can be separate. You can also put in 911. And you can put in a pre-recorded or pre-typed message that says whatever you want it to say. This is the time we talked about. Come now. I need mm-hmm. help. It gives me such chills because everybody in the world is listening to the O.J. Simpson or yes. watching the, yes. the television series now. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, mm-hmm. my God, if only back then. Yes. Like, I wish technology had caught yes. up. Not only for Nicole Brown, but obviously the... I imagine millions of anyone people that have been abused. Yes, yes. And now so on this news app, there's a button, a a bar across the top, and you tap it three times, and it sends that pre-recorded or pre-typed message to as many people as you want. It has a GPS tracking device in it, so if your abuser is taking you away from the normal location, it has a device that starts recording what's going on in the situation right then. So you have proof that the abuser started the abuse, not you. so we're so proud of it. It's been downloaded now. It's free. The app is free. And it's been downloaded now over 300,000 times across the world. It's, and wow. um, when we launched the app, it was, um, uh, it was recognized on Capitol Hill as one of the top two apps available in helping with um, domestic violence awareness. So I'm very proud of the app. Very wow. proud. Robin McGrath, you are our mentor. Thank you. And our protector. So kind. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on today. Please have me back. <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime. And we love all these fun products. I'm going to share oh. all of this on our website, yes. atomicmoms.com. Subscribe on iTunes. Go to itunes.com backslash atomic moms. Share with your friends. And I'll see you all next week. Yay. Thank you. Listeners, trust in your goodness, live out your greatness. Rock on, yes. Atomic Moms. Mm-hmm.